Hello, and welcome to the Master of Demon Gorge podcast, where we talk about ancient Chinese history, mostly, and whatever else comes to mind. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of how a 3,000-year-old book anticipated modern computer science. I am once again joined by Alice from Paris. Hi, Alice. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, Alice, uh, tell me if this is true. I, I, I believe you've been, um, uh, where, well, you've been living here in, in Taiwan, where we're recording, and I believe you've been taking a particular interest in Chinese religion during your stay here. Is that true? Yeah, I've been visiting quite a lot of temples, and yep. recently I've been writing on Mazu Festival. Uh, Mazu, yes, yeah. the goddess of the sea, yeah. Right. Mm, exactly. That could be another podcast right there. Well, well, well another episode. We'll, we'll, we'll look at that another later. Time. Yeah, another time. Um, I wonder if you've noticed in many of the temples the Bagua symbol, the uh, octagonal uh, trigrams, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm, yeah, Often it's on, usually at the door, right? Often at, at the door above the entrances, or uh, sometimes uh, you'll see the symbol inside and in, in, in various uh, locations, sometimes on the ceiling uh, uh, in the, in mm. the sanctuary, looking, uh, looking down on whichever mm. god is, is inside. Yes, you, yeah, 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 it's yeah. Do you know what that comes from? I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, so the uh, it, it comes out of a um, book called the I Ching, or well, it's it's. Oh, uh, I've heard about the I Ching. Well, uh, it's it's often mispronounced in the West, so I think en français it is uh, I Ching. At least people oh, say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I no, we say yeah. I Ching like in modern. But it's French. I Ching, right? <laughs> and then right, people say I Ching, or people say I Ching. But mm. that's wrong. It's it's I Ching, which literally translates as the the scripture of changes, the book of changes. That's another way it's often it's often called. Um, and it um, it it dates well. <laughs> Jeez, who knows really how far back it dates? The person who supposedly originally invented the uh, the the eight trigrams are supposed to have been Fuxi, who is a mythical figure. Right, he was a mythical figure. Really, he was from long back in the in the mist of time. His sister wife. <laughs> his sister and his wife, the same woman, was the was the Nuwa, the the the. the what snake. what what? His sister and his wife. Yeah, yeah. Like in many in many primordial mythologies, like in ancient Egypt, like in you know the original god or whatever is often supposed to have married his sister or like the husband and wife, this brother sister and husband and wife. They, okay. We're all born of incests. Come on, no. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, anyway, that's how far back he's supposed to go to the you know, dawn of time. Um, he was supposed to have invented the, the symbols originally, um, but the Book of Changes wasn't put together as a book until the beginning of the Zhou Dynasty, supposedly by the founding king, actually, of the Zhou Dynasty, Zhou Wenwang, the Wen King, King Wen of, of Zhou. But that would put the, uh, the actual composition of the book to around 1000 BC. 
Mm. But, um, and I feel like this is one of those times where the audio format makes it slightly difficult to explain what we're talking about. Um, if you know what a trigram is, then you know, or, or a hexagram when it's doubled. But uh, we're talking about a, a, a trigram is, as, as you know, you've seen, is basically a series of three lines. Um, the line can be whole or it can be broken. Another way of saying that would be you, it, it, we're talking about either a, a, a long line or two short lines. And the trigram is a series of three of these, so it would, it would be whole, broken, whole, or whole, 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 or whole, broken, broken, and so on and so forth. And if you are good at math, which I know most people aren't, but if you aren't, if you are, then you know that two to the power of three gives you eight. So if you're combining three lines at a time, then you get eight different possibilities, hence the octagonal shape, hence the eight, uh, the eight trigrams. So the is That's octagonal. Right, but eight gua is the, the, what we call that, uh, a, 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 a trigram. So ba gua, the eight trigrams in, mm. in Chinese. And actually you see the symbol in many, many places, the flag, the national flag of South Korea. Oh, really? Is a simplified version of the Bagua. It's four out of the eight. They oh. leave out half of the half of the symbols. They retain only the four that represent heaven, earth, sun, and the moon. Wow. That's the and then with the Taiji symbol in the middle. That's the flag of South Korea. You'll see it around uh, any Chinese society. Uh, you'll see it on. Um, you you see it on people's homes, on the on the front of of buildings, often inscribed in a mirror. This is called a Zhao Yao Jing, a demon spotting mirror. Mm. It is believed that uh, right when a mirror will reveal demons. Will reveal a, a demon if 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 a you know like a if, if a, de a, a fox demon or a snake mm. demon oh. like these these uh, folklore those creatures from folklore if they walk past a Zhao Yao Jing then their true selves will be revealed and so the 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 the, the Bagua has this believed to have this protective property mm. protect the household. Um, but the so the Yijing has a long and, and uh, long history, and its it is its role in in Chinese culture is really really can't be understated. You know, Confucius was terribly into it. So it was I mean everybody was terribly into it. Every uh, it's every part of culture is traditional culture. Traditional Chinese culture is really infused with it. There's a style of of uh, martial arts called the Baguazhang. Oh really? The, yeah, the the palm of the eight trigrams, all of the move, all of which, all of the whose movements are based on the bagua. Bagua. That's right. Oh. That's right. <laughs> um, but as a as a as a as a as a book, for the most part, it has always been understood to be a book of divination. Book of uh, fortune telling, and that's that's the way it was classified uh, during the Qing Dynasty when they when they classified books, actually to see which books to ban. <laughs> and, uh, they decided books of divination were okay, so eating was okay. Um, and the reason for that is so. First of all, you go from you go from the trigrams to the hexagrams. So you can have if you again simple math. If if you have two different possibilities, whole or broken, and you have three of them together, then you have eight possibilities. Now, if you double that, 
So you have three plus three, you have six lines that can be whole or broken. Now you have two to the power of six equals 64 possibilities. I'm not good at math. Okay, trust but me. But I trust you. <laughs> trust me, eight times eight, two to the power of six, 64. So basically the aging does this. It goes through the 64 possibilities and it tells you one by one or that uh, the, the significance of each. So you can um, you can do this. Anybody can do this at home, and people actually do do this at home. Um, uh, oh, plenty of people. Um, um, well, on 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 call uh, call your agent, your friend's show. What? Yes, there's an episode uh, where uh, Noemi introduces the E King. She says E King to uh, Matthias. Really? Yeah, and they start making decisions by 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 uh, consulting the consulting the eating. They, I didn't know that. I, well, I, I, I don't think remember. It, uh, I don't remember. Maybe you haven't seen that. Maybe you're not up to. Uh, maybe you haven't seen that episode yet. All right. Oh, maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They try to make decisions about uh, what to do with the agency, uh, and uh, mm. yeah, they consult the eating. Um, Philip K. Dick, famous American sci-fi author, author of such. Famous books as Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, a.k.a. Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he consulted the eating. In fact, his, his uh, novel, The Man in the High Castle, which was a couple years ago adapted into a TV show, as you may or may not know. You probably don't because you don't really watch Hollywood stuff. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> well, the man in the high castle. In case, but I trust you, okay. it's true. <laughs> if, any, if any of our listeners uh, have seen the man in the high castle or read the book, then you, you'll be aware that uh, many of the characters in the book consult the I Ching for decision making. And Philip K. Dick, when he was writing the book, consulted the I Ching to decide what the plot was going to be. Wow. Yeah. He would uh, he would just toss a coin to be like should should you know so and so character say yes or say no to 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 a certain uh, proposition and he would uh, instead of just plotting it out himself he would toss a coin six times right so to explain how this works so you 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 can use anything that can gives you give you a yes or no answer so if you take a coin it's got a head the tail right you know which whichever the side of the coin if you toss it six times and you write down the results so if we, if we agree that the head is a hole and the tail is broken then you can get you can get a series of six so lines. is that link to when people are like praying at temples and dropping this yeah that's thing. that's a that's a bit different but it, it feels a similar um that that in that case they're asking the gods questions they're they're mm. praying to the gods so it's a little bit different this is this is essentially looking up your fortune in a dictionary essentially right you don't you're not asking the god anything um you you do this you do the you, you toss it six times you get the yes or no right you get the hold the broken you get the pattern of six and then you basically can go to the eating and it's it has all 64 possibilities listed and then under each one of them, it'll tell you a bunch of stuff. It's all quite vague, but uh, you're supposed to interpret it. So if we take the, the qian, um, uh hexagram, that's the one where you, it's, it's six whole lines, and that represents heaven. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so what, what does this say here? Let's, let's look it up here. Well, all right, so, all right. So first, uh, the submerged dragon does not use. What? Uh, yeah, that's what it says. And the then the second one. Dragon. Yep. And the next one, spotting the dragon in the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll skip a couple down. It says here, flying dragon in the sky. And then it says, uh, all right, and then the dragon at its zenith has regrets. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I see this one. A friend of mine, a German friend, who works as an attorney in New York, uh, he uses the I Ching in his daily life for, really? for divination. I know, right? For divination. For divination. He got this one one time, and he, mm-hmm. he asked me about it. So he says, the uh, many dragons are without a head. And um, this is one of the dangers of using the I Ching for divination, particularly for Westerners, is the translations are often wrong. Oh. Yeah, because he, he, he contacted me. He said, I got this one. But in his translation, it says, the mini dragons are without heads, like they had their heads cut off. Mm. So and I had how to, should you interpret it? Well, I wrote back and said, well, that's a mistranslation, first of all, oh. because it, the Qinglong Wusou is a very common Chinese phrase. Mm. It means the many dragons are without one head, meaning a leader. Mm. It does not mean all the dragons have their heads cut off. That's a very different matter altogether. Mm. <laughs> anyway, all right, what does any of this mean? I don't know. And uh, as a scientifically inclined man, I don't believe any of this divination stuff. I never have. I don't think I ever will. But <clears throat> many people are into it. And... If I'm not mistaken, Alice, your your mother is a psychologist. Yes, my mother is a psychologist. In the uh, in the in the in the Freudian school, right? Yeah, she's a Freudian. Okay, so Carl Jung. Okay, yeah, Carl Jung. Carl Jung because was really into this stuff. Oh, really? I yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, Carl Jung was in a lot of mystic things. He was, yeah, but he didn't. I, I like <coughs> Jungians. I like psycho. I mean, Jungian psychologists. Yeah, me too. But we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> okay. Um, um, no, Carl Jung didn't didn't really think it was predicting the future. I don't think, at least, that's my understanding of of my understanding of his understanding of the I Ching, is that it helped you reveal uh, psychology. It helped you reveal oh, your unconscious. Okay. In that, um, sure, this is all vague, but the way you choose to interpret it you know, helps you get out of your neurosis or helps you, helps you show what you, what is it you really desire, I suppose. I, I guess that's the theory, you know, mm. if you interpret these vague terms one way or the other. But, but for, the, for, for, for thousands of years, um, the I Ching was most, it was used uh, primarily for divination. And um, from these, from these very vague, these, this very vague language, very vague, these very vague sentences. Um, but then, let's fast forward to the 17th century, to Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz. Mm. Ah, the uh-huh. German, you, 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 know, you know Leibniz? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, the German uh, mathematician, mm. diplomat, philosopher, co-inventor of the calculus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. He invented the calculus around the same time as Newton. And, um, and um, Newton was later, Isaac Newton was later able to prove that he invented it first. You know, Newton was kind of a 
kind of a dick actually in, in real life. So he managed <laughs> to prove that he invented it. He right? managed to demonstrate that he had he figured it out before Leibniz by a few years, I guess. And so we credit uh, Newton with inventing the calculus. But Leibniz independently independently also invented the calculus. Now <clears throat> Leibniz had some Jesuit friends. Uh, some missionaries who uh, had uh, just come back from China. Uh-huh. And one of them showed him uh, a chart of the 64 hexagrams of the eating. Oh. And Leibniz took great interest in this. He was very interested in, in, in Chinese culture. He was a bit of a Sinophile. He thought his own philosophy was, uh, was very much mirrored by people like Confucius and, uh, and other, other, other Chinese thinkers. So he took a look at this, this chart of 64 trigra- uh, hexagrams and he thought, wait a minute, I know what this is. I know what this is. I worked out a similar system, uh, a system very similar to this just uh, a few years ago myself. This is binary mathematics. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is, Alice? I'm not sure. So, I couldn't explain. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I'm here for. So. Thank you. Well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, 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 so you know how in, in in our normal normal mathematics we count to ten, mm-hmm. right? We go, you know. We 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 we, uh, we 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 count to ten and then we go eleven, right? So when we write Roman numeral Arabic numerals, we go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, and then ten is one zero, right? Mm. Eleven is one one. Now that is wholly arbitrary. Math doesn't have to be ten based. People just do it that way because we have ten fingers. Uh-huh. So it's useful. It's it's it's, it's intuitive to human beings. But if we were all born with 17 fingers, then we suppose we'd all have 17 yeah, based yeah. math, right? Yeah, probably. So you could base it, you could, you could, you could have a numerical system based on any, any, any number. You have a five based number. Now, you, do, do you know what I mean? Was, you know, when I say five based number. Yeah, 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 I mean. Yeah, so then you would go one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. and then six would be written as one, zero. Mm. Be written as 10, right? And okay. the seven would be written as 11, one, one. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. So you can you can it can be based. So the eating is a binary. No, no, no. It's a binary. Binary is based on well, just zero and one. Okay, it's just zero and one. It's just zero and one. So you go one, and then if when you go zero, you go one, and then for two would have to be written as ten, be written as one zero. Three would be written as eleven, one, and so on. Right. So. uh, So that to Leibniz looked at this. This is binary mathematics. Again, for most of human, for most of Chinese history, the I Ching was used for primarily for divination, even though it has still these influences in other aspects of culture. But I, being a scientifically inclined man, I like Leibniz's thing about how this is really binary mathematics. So I'm going to go with that. All right. All right. It's binary math, and and this is very important because what is binary math? It is the basis of computer science. And Leibniz. <laughs> I feel like you should be more impressed by that. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed by the computer science thing, but I'm just like, is Leibniz, Leibniz the, the father of computer science? In a sense, yeah. Because the, the future, uh, it's called uh, von Neumann architecture. John von Neumann, a 20th century mathematician, uh, was based on the binary system that Leibniz worked out. 
And so, so now keep in mind, all of these people were geniuses, okay? Leibniz so you're telling me that a book that has been written how, how long ago? It was about 3,000 years ago. In, Compiled about 3, In China yeah. is the origin of computer science. It's not the origin of computer science. So that's actually a, that's actually a common uh, it's something some people like to say in China is that Leibniz got his idea from the I Ching. It's not really true because by the time the Jesuits showed him the 64 trigrams, he'd already developed his concept of binary mathematics. He did that actually before before he was shown. So it's not true. Um, but after he invented it and he was shown the the the, the 64 uh, hexagrams of the I Ching, he was like. <laughs> This is exactly what I was working on just a few years ago. My, my God, you know, <laughs> this is incredible, <laughs> you know. Um, so it didn't. It, 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 so it's it anticipated. Mm. It anticipated. Uh, it it anticipated Leibniz's work by about twenty six hundred years. Now Leibniz's work then was the foundation of future computer science. So when Charles Babbage in the 19th century, 19th century England, uh, Charles Babbage, the great mathematician codebreaker. Yeah, he was a cryptanalysis, uh, cryptanalyst. Uh, he, he designed uh, a, a uh, I think it was originally called the difference engine and then the analytical engine, which could, using 19th century technology, like steam engine, <laughs> like, yeah. Using nineteenth-century technology, he made it. He produced the design for a computer, or what today we would call a computer. Really. For simple calculations, yeah. For for calculating, I think it was polynomials, or like calculating equations. And then there was Ada Lovelace. Who? Ada Lovelace, the daughter of Lord Byron, the poet. You know Byron, the poet. I don't know Byron the Poet. I'm French, sorry. <laughs> okay, well, he was a famous... She walks in beauty like the night of cloudless climes and starry skies and all that's best... What is it? Of all that's best of dark and bright meet in her aspect and her eyes. Byron, the romantic poet. All right, he was just this all right, flamboyant... He was like the world's first rock star. Anyway, he had this daughter, Ada... Ada later married a, a man who's a, anyway her last name became Loveless, so it's Ada Loveless. She was a bit of a kind of a, a, a protege of of Charles Babbage, and she was the world's first computer programmer. Okay. Before before there were computers, oh. this is the nineteenth century. She and was, she's a woman. Yeah, because that's why I say she. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was the first person to say, you know what, Charles, hmm. I don't think this little machine of yours, I, I think it can do more than just math problems. I think we could theoretically program it to do anything. Uh, that's what computer, that's a big, big right? computer First of all, yeah, first of all, that's first, he was first person, the first person to have that insight and the first person to write down uh, a series of instructions that could be understood by a machine. So, in, in other words, a computer program. And all this happened before there were computers. Ooh. Right. And then, of course, then you have to get to the 20th century and you get a John von Neumann, you get to, you get to, uh, you get to Alan Turing, 
as played by Benedict Cumberbatch in that Hollywood movie. <laughs> you don't watch movies, yes, yes, yes. I know, like, so that I don't watch movies, just like <laughs> the imitation game. I don't. I might not have every the okay, basics well. of American culture. <laughs> well, Alan Turing is a, a British guy, so but you know, he during the Second World War, he. Uh, try to use a lot of this this computer science stuff to 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 crack the Nazi uh, code, the Enigma. What's his name again? Alan Turing. Oh, I heard of it. Right there, you go. Yeah, yeah, very big deal. Again, all these people were geniuses. Alan Turing, uh, uh, Ada Lovelace, Charles Babbage, uh, Leibniz—they were all geniuses. And to think, they have something in common. Well, I was just going to say that all of their work was, to some extent, anticipated by this three thousand year old book oh. from ancient China, where we're not really even sure who wrote it. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> okay. All right. I think we're done. <laughs> so uh, that's the story for today. The story of Yi Jing and how it anticipated computer science. Thank you for listening. This has been the Master of Demon Gorge podcast.